0: Alright. Welcome, my friends. I'm glad to be here. To The Real Talk. Yeah, buddy. With Rob Talley. I love Here's it. truly. How are you? I'm great. I'm yeah. great. Yeah, how are you? I mean, I'm glad to have you in. I know we've talked a lot. We've been of to events together. But really, sitting down and uh, having some def- some discussions, as you know, is like my, my world of we're living in this kind of AI dig- digital world. Totally. and It's been like since a year since the kind of GPT 3.5 was released and the yep. world has hit that inception. But on your end, why did not you tell me a little about, you know, Brian. Brian Sullivan. Well, Who are you?
1: That's a good question. Yeah. Um, I was born at a very young age, yeah. which is uh, a stupid joke that I always start yeah. that with. Uh, but no, I, you know, I, I grew up a military brat, and uh, as a result, I think kind of got used to meeting new people and talking to new people, how to relate to them and have conversations quickly so that you know, you didn't go into the lunchroom and have to sit by yourself. And that skill set has sort of really served me well in my life. Um, after college got a job doing operations uh was found myself very good at that i'm good at solving problems Mm -hmm. and uh um
0: you did a stint at Stanford. You I were, did, yeah. I did,
1: yeah. I was the Associate Director of Operations for Stanford Medicine. It's a great job. If you're into oh, jobs, it yeah. was a great job.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're around the intellect, the people out there, and just the environment. Because, again, you surround yourself with an environment of people solving especially science, science-based, solving yep. problems. And it, it gets you excited for what's out there and really like, totally. it, it fosters that energy.
1: Totally. The 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 you know the average conversation that you had there every day was... was you had to bring your a game always. Yeah. you know really, really smart people trying to solve really complicated problems and do it for the good of humanity while also serving their ego a little bit. Correct, yeah. uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. you know uh, if you do something really cool, i'm I'm all about spiking the football and doing a touchdown dance. Yeah. Um, but in the process of kind of having my career in operations in uh, late two thousand and eight, uh, we found out that my wife was pregnant with our first child mm-hmm. the same day we found out she was getting laid off from her corporate career wow. with the subsidiary of AIG. If you think November 2008, financial crisis. Oh yeah, prices, that was the great, the GFC. That's right. GFC, yeah. Yeah, And um, and so we had an opportunity to, to think like, where do we really want to take our lives? This is what we want to keep doing. Mm-hmm. And um, she decided that she didn't really want to kind of go back into the corporate setting, searching for a job in the height of a recession while pregnant. So we found an opportunity to live somewhere a little bit cheaper. I got another job in operations and um, we moved away from our families and, and that's when Kat started a blog called Irish Italian Blessing. She's Italian. I'm Irish. Mm-hmm. Uh, the blog kind of just kind of like filled in our families on what was going on with our daily lives. Mm-hmm. and uh, Kind
0: of like a journal, but like a, yeah. Yeah, was, that's yeah, exactly yeah. right.
1: Yeah. And her writing style is engaging yeah. and funny. And so uh, very quickly, in fact, she found herself the fourth mo- most popular mommy blog on the planet. And companies like Disney and Mattel were reaching out to us with sponsored post ideas or, mm-hmm you know to pay her and I thought I hit the lottery right I'm like <laughs> I, my, you know my wife's hobby is making my yeah. family money yeah. this is awesome you know um but she just continued to do really well and and over the course of time people started reaching out and saying like hey how did you grow your blog so fast yeah. oh could you do that for our business and then we started taking on clients and she eventually asked me to get involved in the business and um, and it, it that agency grew to the point where uh, we really had a tough decision to make. Do we mm-hmm. stay working a corporate life at Stanford and mm-hmm. taking care of our family? Or uh, do we go all in on this? Take the leap. That's right, yeah. that's right. And so that's what we chose to do. And and, um, and so uh, really greatest decision of my life. We moved yeah. down to Southern California, which is where my family has vacationed my whole life. It's where I always envisioned myself being. I surf, I lift weights, I drink beer. It's a great environment for all of those things. And um, and uh, and yeah, So so our business was sort of set up twofold one uh one kind of revenue path and and way that we serve our audience is a direct to other business owners Mm -hmm. we teach small to mid-sized enterprises how to market and grow their business Mm -hmm. using social media the internet uh the technology that's available to them uh, and the platforms where their audience is actually Mm -hmm. at But these might be businesses that can't really afford to hire somebody in house or, you know, pay a consultant eight grand a month to do it for them. But they might have an admin that's got 10 or 20 hours a week that they could dedicate to this. And so Kat, my wife, is the front face of that aspect of our business. She um, loves all things sales funnel optimization. She stays up at night going through that Mm -hmm. stuff. She loves it. She likes to apply what she learns to, to help other entrepreneurs like you. I believe in entrepreneurship. I believe it's the closest thing to freedom in the world. We want to support that, and so that's the way we choose to do that. The other side of our business is uh, more managed control of their marketing, and that's kind of the area of the business that I'm responsible for. And we've had celebrity clients, you know author speakers, coaches, NBC network television shows, athletes, sports franchises. Um, and, uh, and then also like cool things like fintech companies and people trying to solve other problems. And, uh, and so I jump into their businesses in that regard and dive in and kind of like help them optimize their funnels, their customer journeys, how to, you know, uh, use data to drive their decisions mm-hmm. and, uh, and just maximize their exposure really is, is, uh, is one of the ways that we try. Those are the two ways that we help people. So depending on what you need, that's who we so, are. So
0: I mean, again, that through that model, because you know, in the last I would say decade, it's it's that huge influence through social media branding, and companies that are corporate companies now coming to the social media field. Yeah. As before, there were just, there was kind of like we're you know that's just for fun and kids and whatever it is, and then the YouTube start coming around building as influencers, and you know the against the the Facebooks, the Instagram, all that, and uh, the TikToks and you know Snapchats and all these videos everything evolved in the last decade completely to this point of building a more, I mean over a hundred billion dollar to a trillion dollar industry of just marketing social media influence It is how a corporate company from a small business, mom and pop to a large, you know, uh, you know, Fortune 500 company, they both have the same needs and wants. And how are they going to be able to reach their audience, especially in the B2C market? Yeah. And I said, Is that where you mostly were working in the B2C or you did more B2B as well? What was your differentiation between
1: that? So, uh, re- really direct to consumer marketing. Okay. Yeah, direct response marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, whether we're, you know, uh, helping them with a program, a digital program so that they can help themselves or helping, uh, you know, an athlete. Uh, increase their exposure to get eyes on their offer Mm -hmm. Uh, really coming down to the same sort of strategies and tactics. It's really funny. 10 years ago when we were doing this, we would sit down with people and have to educate them on. So, Hey, so this is what social media is and you do need to be on it. And, uh, and now, you know, that's changed a little bit. They go, Hey, I know I need to be on this. I just don't know how or what I'm doing. Um, So, so it is, it is, you're absolutely right. In the last 10 years, uh, marketing has changed dramatically. Uh, the consumer is not only used to these platforms because they're on them all the time, but um, they're sort of, it's, uh, we're seeing now that their conditioned response to things is changing. Uh, you and I have talked before about how even just the attention span of your consumer mm-hmm. is, is being reduced. You know, we're, we're finding most effective short video content that's entertaining and has a, a sharp hook shown to them repeatedly uh, is going to outperform something that's longer form, Almost always, yeah. yeah. There are exceptions to every rule, but almost always, getting those quick hits in front of people over and over and over is what's going to get the the most exposure for your brand and help them understand who you are.
0: Yeah, I mean, because overall, the human brain um, could articulate, and decode visual much faster than a something that's a black and white scripted. So that visual cue, and then with the hitting them with some type of impact. In imaging, chance for trout, and they just, their minds are just addicted and it's that dopamine hit. Oh, oh, I want more, I want more. And that's what's really changed the video aspect of it. But I wanna take a step back, you said, to like transition to B2C, how the world has shifted in the marketing, how everything's changing. Because today, as you know, the, you, there's a, you, you could go to YouTube and learn the university. I call it YouTube University. You yeah. can learn anything you yeah. want in any in industry. But just like you say, as a service product, you are packaging it with your wants, your data, your interest to show them the best path forward. Because again, people have all the data; they can go on YouTube and learn social media, what they need to do. Because there's a lot of influencers, as you say, sub micro micro influencers, micro yeah, influencers, hundred
1: thousand followers, or yeah, less. and they,
0: they create a lot of content mm-hmm. and uh, how tos, the tech guys or social or new apps. Now with AI, is a lot of new AI kind of micro influencers coming through that, and it's like you can learn a lot. But on that end, is how do you put it with someone you trust that human to human because no matter what that human to human cannot be replaced that experience that person you can call i can call hey brian hey i'm thinking about this i saw this video online. what do you think about this and then you kind of educate them At this works we've tried this or we haven't tried this so that's why it's kind of like this it's a service value and through the time for the i said the last decade you guys have been doing this and really i would say mastering it through that process of being able to give your client the best tool or the most uh, I would say it's all about the statistics the more opportunity because there's no 100% full miracle it's just improving the conversion rate 1% at a time right step by step is showing that how because as you know typical Oh, I want to go from 30 to 50% or to 100% it's not it's impossible you have to go 1% one percent at a time to get there. So, what are the challenges? I mean, it's good to say because you do this. What are the challenges that you face when you go into some of the clients to kind of educate them through the tools, especially today's tools, and um, and in what how they can get the result because it's consistency. Yeah, it's not everybody wants it now. Yeah, and that again back to the Amazon effect. If you ever read that book, it's fantastic. But it's like they want it now because that's what is created. But how do you also educate them that it takes time and consistent to build the ramp up? So.
1: Great question. It's like, uh, it's, it's funny. It's like, you understand this business. So, so yeah, people are conditioned now to think that there's an instantaneous response and an answer all the way uh, in advance of doing the work and getting the data. So uh, oftentimes what will happen is the client will will start asking questions like, well, I mean, you know, hey, if I put $40,000 in ads, how much will I be getting back? And the, the answer to that question, especially if, if they're not a client yet, and this is just mm-hmm. sort of like a discovery session... Mm-hmm. The answer is, I don't know. And if anybody tells you that they do know, you need to run far away from them. Because mm-hmm. as you alluded to, the data is what tells us. So you can see a strategy work for a certain business, a certain company, a certain person, and think, oh, let me go apply that to my life and my business. And it just doesn't always work that way. It might, there might be some unique characteristics about um, you know, either that business or their offer or, the, or where their customer is. For example, um, you know, if you wanted to sell financial services, um, and you saw somebody's really cool Pinterest marketing funnel, mm-hmm. th- that might not be the best platform for you to be on, right? So financial services, again, this is just, I haven't looked at the data before having this conversation, uh, but my assumption is yeah. that it's just not there. So what, what we can do is we'll shorten the runway for you. Yeah. Uh, we have, marketing is a data-driven science, but there is some an artistic component to it. And because we have a track record of seeing the data, we sort of know artistically what's going to work f- at a surface level. And so we shorten the runway. You don't have to go spend in ads to find out that that didn't work. You know, uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna get you a little bit closer to the finish line before you even start throwing money at something. And that's really where I think our value add comes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we provide a shorter runway. Uh, we're gonna optimize everything about the customer journey before you ever put money behind it. Meaning, if, if I can make your phone ring, but your salesmen are terrible? Well, what's the point of making your phone ring more often and spending money there? Let's start by optimizing their conversions here, Mm -hmm. and then we'll we'll get the phone to ring more. And so it's the same online. So there's a customer journey online. Think about the last time that you bought something. Um, Before you actually get to that checkout page, you've already kind of been conditioned to take that leap of faith and buy that product or service. Um, and, And we optimize every step of the way. So we're gonna, we're gonna look at data from just your organic social side, we're gonna look at data from your uh, paid social ads, so to speak, and then we're gonna look at where do they go from there, right? So if you, you know, link in bio, if you click on that link, that landing page or that sales page, how's that converting? Let's test that against some other things, see if we can beat it, and we'll optimize every step of the funnel from the content that's going out to where they're going after. To what the checkout page looks like, and then even the follow up, because you know that matters. The, the minute your customer buys something they already sort of regret it. So how do you meet them where they are and say, you made the right decision. Right. We're, we are gonna deliver on what we've promised. And uh, and it's so- that
0: journey. The journey that you've made, the, just like you nailed it. You made, you've made you made the right decision even after sale. You press that thing, you're waiting for that you got the invoice or the thing on your email, cost X. You're like, oh my, did I buy the right thing? Yeah. Oh, I just saw something else I bought. But then you follow up, you touch them again. You give them tracking number, information information about the product they bought yeah certain things that can really facilitate okay i've done the right and then that builds that i would say trust or that value in that trusting that product or whatever service you're buying absolutely into that 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 customer journey it's very because again two to one decade two three decades it wasn't like that nah. the customer wasn't expecting like if i would order something mail order whatever it comes in it comes in a week five seven days two weeks <laughs> i get it to my door and there wasn't a lot of after a sale and yeah. before them after sale because before you get the product there's a lot of touch points before you got the product and then you start thought hey this doesn't work or this is going on that week you can be touching them two to three times yeah. about the product they're about to receive, and even get a text message, and you're pushing it to them like it's here, which makes them excited, right? That's the excitement of the human of it's at my door. Yeah, and again, I think one thing that Amazon has done well about that is created. So now people are kind of changing that model, following that same model because it works. And you, I mean, people say you don't want to, you know, repeat that, but that science they've proven. So if you're selling a gadget or a product or a service, why not? They love it. Yeah. People love that. So they have proven. So why are you trying to break the science of anything else? No, I, I don't know
1: at all. You know, yeah. and, and it matters if it's a, a brick and mortar business that you go in. You, you know, service matters. And the same, the same yeah. exists online and digital. Um, so f- for us, a good example is we launched a social media marketing software called okay. TASI uh, a few years ago. And within the first couple of months, we took a look at what are the, what are the top 10 most frequent customer complaints? Like just right off the bat, yeah. when they're reaching out to the help desk, what are they asking? Yeah. You know, oh, where do I find this button? How do I link this platform? Those, those sorts of questions. Kind of
0: like FAQ kind of things. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah.
1: And so, and so what we did is uh, not only did we create sort of like internal videos on, yeah. on how to, how to overcome those issues before you even contact the help desk, mm-hmm. um, but we had a, a nurture sequence once for onboarding a customer that sort of gamified going through these quick one-minute videos that show them, here's how you schedule a post. Here's how you link your social media. Here's how you, and before you know it, they're sort of like clicking through and they're getting little reward badges and they're feeling good about it. Um, now they have a confidence to use the system. And, and it held a, a the, the data suggested for us, it was a no-brainer. It's like... The retention, the stick rate on that that customer who was onboarded properly was wildly, uh, wildly exceeded what we were doing before that, which we already were doing the thank yous and that sort of thing, highlighting a feature here and there in an email. Um, So we weren't doing nothing. But even still, once we kind of gamified and led them through, here's how you actually apply that what you just bought into your life and how it's going to help your business. the, The retention and stick rate just went through the roof.
0: Yeah, I mean that's something even in our business. As we are such B two B, we sell a component that goes to another product. Sometimes that you know that buyer or that person doesn't even know what happens with the warehouse and it's gone. And that's just their job is yeah. to get that. But still, that experience, no matter what, it's the experience that you get that you bought something. You know it's there. You don't have to expedite it. It's to your door. It's at your, you're getting notifications. You're getting and you can. Opt in or not, if you want notifications, I mean, these are the things, giving the options for them totally. to do certain things. Because some people don't want all, be. In right. I don't want it. I mean, there are a demogra- big demographic of that. People don't realize like, I don't want a lot of alerts either. I don't want all the text message or the emails because yeah. we're all inundated yes. with emails. So it's how do, we, how do we push that? But again, it's that experience of, and then what it matters is it creates a narrative and a story. And that's when I realized that it all, doesn't matter what sales, sales is a story. If you can always create that narrative of the story of from the the, in the hypothesis proven, giving them the story, what it is, what value impact, having that experience, and then coming to the end of like, oh wow, I'm satisfied. I'm this. The first place I'm going to go back is always to that same place because that's where I felt most comfort and confident in their service compared to a competitor that's trying to sell me. Like, no, you know what? These guys were excellent. Totally. These guys are do. I, I, they're my even. Hey, I can get a little cheap. I'm paying for this. Yeah. I'm paying for that. I, yeah. I'll pay a little bit more because I know it's going to come to get me. Yeah. yeah, because again, you can go shopping online for a lot of, you know, price bargaining and chance. But sometimes, as we all know, I, I go always use the, the Amazon factors. Amazon price is not the lowest price. No, we all know that. You can go somewhere else and look at a lower price somewhere, maybe five percent, ten percent lower, and buy it from there. But. That's not a trusted source. Yeah. It's not never done transaction. Totally. Am I gonna get tomorrow? Am yeah. I get the service. Can I return it? Yeah, what Can happens? Can I do if this? It work? What happens doesn't work. So that kind of aspect of having that interaction, it doesn't matter if it's B2C or B2B. I think they're because our psyches we're, we're now um we're now structured. Our minds are now pushed into this fight. like I want that instant information I want to know that I'm taken care of, and consumer is now bleeding into the biz B two B, and now be the business business. Like they like the content. They want the videos. They want to be marketed to. They want to look at it because also they have jobs. Especially when you're looking in a in a business field, if you're procurement, you're buying or you're something in a, in, a, in a company. Because again, we're in distribution, making electronic, any type of cool gadget. There's a lot that goes involved in it. And they're not really in, in when you're in a business aspect, but you don't you don't get all the commercials and all the ads. like you're trying to buy a product to solve an equation for a product to go to production. And then that ships out, gets revenue, gets back, you have a job. So that experience is now transcending from hey, I want to know a company that I can buy from that cares about me, that I can go back to, get the information in real time, get that experience. They can solve a complex problem for me. I can go to them even if I say no, like. We're not saying no, okay? Hey, what is it you have? Oh, I, you know what? I know this is not part of your product line or commodity, but can you let me know where I should go for this? Yeah, that's a trusted source. Yeah, that creates that. So that's that. that customer experience today is more more important than ever, and and that's the thing is Apple. Apple. Look at Apple. I mean, you can look at these big guys. They're they proven something. Yeah, they they absolutely have, and uh, I believe
1: that you know. Uh, marketers ruin everything in in certain ways and some of us have ruined the internet meaning meaning all of us every one of us including me we've bought something that like immediately we thought man i just got fucking scammed you know or i just fell for that that was bullshit um and nobody likes that feeling and so they never go back to that but since it's all happened since it's happened to every one of us we're all on a little bit of guard and edge about that so when when you're met with somebody who has taken your needs into consideration in the form of their content, in the form of their um, you know, customer journey, their touch points, how they communicate with you, those things really do resonate with your buyer. And whether your buyer is a business or your buyer is a customer, at the end of the day, it's still a person and authenticity often yes. wins. Yes. Authenticity in this world with this much content all the time, it, it's, it's a commodity that people sort of long for. And if you think about it like this, we tell this. I tell this to people often. I forget who told me this. I wasn't smart enough to think of it myself, but I've incorporated it into my life. When I was a kid and I was doing sales at first, like the first sales trainings I ever got, they would say things like, you know, Rob, 10% of the people are going to buy from you no matter what. And 10% of people will never buy from you no matter what. So your job as a salesperson is to convince the other 80% to buy from you. And like, to me, that always just felt kind of like... I don't know, kind of shady, even almost to try to talk somebody into something they don't know they needed. It, it just felt weird and off nowadays with the internet, you know, if 10% of the world's going to buy from you, no matter what, what is it? There's 8 billion people in the world. 10% is 800 million. That's a lot of people you, and now you have an opportunity to put your unique messaging, your unique value proposition, and to target those people who are your people. So you don't even have to try to talk people who aren't your people into buying your product or service. Now you just need to put your message in front of your people and you're going to see yourself wildly successful. We have influencers that we've helped who have 40 or 50,000 followers, mm-hmm. which on the surface looks like, man, you know, how successful really are they? And they convert, they're making millions of dollars. Yeah. yeah. Uh and then we have some who have millions and millions of followers yeah. who can't convert anything. Yeah. Uh and it's it's just kind of a trust factor, right? Like you know, I'm just going to use Kardashian as an example here. If Kim Kardashian posts something like, you know, I love this drink. It's the best drink on the planet. A certain number of her followers are going to just go ahead and buy that drink no matter what, Mm because they like her. And then a certain number of people are going to be like, well, you know, I know she's got a price. So Does she even really like this? I I don't know. Um, And so that authenticity, I think, wins the day at the end of the day. Not only is it the right thing to do, but from a business standpoint, it helps. I'm sorry, I cut you off.
0: No, you nailed it. It is probably because one thing you put something there was the number of followers because people judge influence or products by the number of followers now. How many people like this? They have 10,000, 5,000, 100,000, a million but you just hit it from the micro influencers feel like people are doing work cuz they're connected if you yeah. have 50,000 followers and you got like 60 80% people are connected to you you put a product out there they believe in it and it converts because you become influencer it's going your revenue it's just quantifies and as that grows it even gets bigger <laughs> compared to a person that's half a million yeah and they, you know, they put it out. I mean, again, the, the Insta models and Insta, all these people, men and women and all the things they're trying to do and influence and me stories, a lot of them has people, they're not there to buy anything. They're just there to, yeah. you know, window shop. Totally. And th- do you want window shoppers or you no. want com- people that convert? That's of right. course, they say it's a numbers game. Just like you know, you, it's a numbers game. Yeah, it is a numbers game. But you want to have the pool of being people that are more susceptible to conversion Absolutely. than people that are not.
1: Totally. You want buyers. Yeah. that's what yeah. you want. You want buyers. You want a community built around your brand, so that when they go speak on it to their friends and family, like that's how you build a really yeah. authentic community around your brand. Having looky lose is a—it's actually a horrible distraction. It's a good vanity metric. I fall for it sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'll post something, it does really well, and I'm like, oh yeah,
0: I killed that one.
1: But if it doesn't convert, it really doesn't matter. It yeah. is just a vanity metric. It is just a little dopamine hook that makes me feel better about myself. But. But what you really want are buyers. You want buyers following you, engaging with your content. And we find always that the micro-influencer converts better. And so even when I was working with a fintech company last year, they they were launching a brand-new product Mm -hmm. or service. The overwhelming recommendation for me was not to go after they were looking for a certain influencer who had about 6 million followers. I was like, look, we could take that same amount of money and get 1,000 influencers for the same cost and they're going to convert better because if you have 50,000 followers, your reputation really does still matter to Mm -hmm. you because you kind of know those people and you don't know everybody when there's 5 million. You just don't. Um, and so you have to be careful and guarded with what you're recommending to people and, and your audience knows that. And they, because they know that they trust it more. So people buy things from people they know, like, and trust. And you know, if you're out there just selling anything and you're whoring yourself out, those those followers they'll fall off. Yeah. You know, there's only so many Instagram. You're you, you gonna you use the authentic. I say, just you
0: can say, yeah, it's being authentic and yeah. being real and doing that. Um, but now going to the point of the state of age we are today is is the point of, um, I mean, AI is now everywhere. AI used to be a term. It's like, what is AI? But now today is, I mean, we know the chat GPT brought that to instance of last year. Now we got BARD, we have Anthropic, we have Llama, we have all these other models. Again, these are data learning, language learning, large language set learning models. And But again, that now it constructs to being into the human of is the machine as authentic as the human. But that's, you know, these are things. But in your expense from the marketing side, from social media influence, this is a big factor. It is, I think it is a race to who can do stuff and build a model, build influence, to be able to reach more people. And again, improve that customer experience and because it can write, it can script, but it can prompt it. And it's the it's now it's the human and the machine. Yeah. The human's teaching the machine, yeah. but the machine's getting better. Because we all know, say five ten years ago, used to call you know tech support, AT and T, Cox, whatever, Time Warner, and it was a machine. Hey, send me this, and it, it th- give me the numbers of your account, and it just goes back. It's yeah. slow. Yeah. What no, What are you yeah. looking for? It's you trying find to just yelling operator. Yeah, it's yeah. trying to dictate your stuff, yeah. and you know, but today it's taking it to the next totally. level. And we're just at the inception of that. Correct. Because, you know, to create this. So what, what have you, I mean, since this has all happened, how are you in your business trying to learn more about this, instill it, to be able to do, I mean, honestly, do more with less, but anyway, yeah. it would be more targeted.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So so uh, A- AI is really exciting. It's really exciting technology. And we need to, as marketers, be on the bleeding edge of yeah. of, of implementing new tools because if we're not, we will get passed up and... Um, you know, uh, the language models we, we have found they've been really helpful at eliminating things like I call it blank page syndrome where mm-hmm. you're like, you yeah, know, I know, I know I need to work on this, but I, I don't quite know where to get started. It can just spit out, uh, ideations yes. so fast, take a, you know, a two hour brainstorming session down to two minutes. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm still recommending that any copywriter or anyone writing scripts, uh, put a human touch mm-hmm. to it before mm-hmm. they just go posting it or uh, recording it or how, whatever they end up doing just because it's not quite there yet. Yeah. The technology is getting better really quickly, mm-hmm. um, but it's not quite, can't quite replace the human element. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Now, now even from a content development perspective, you can there's AI tools now that you can and a picture of Rob.
0: Oh, I, you I have a tool. You haven't seen, you haven't seen my Hey Gen. I, I can <laughs> speak any language. I have an have avatar. Awesome. I have a that's me, just like this me, and I, I can speak to anybody. It has my nonverbal. Again, the, the, the tool I mean, if anyone wants to know it's HeyGen.com. Very. Inexpensive, nothing's dollars, and you record yourself your your voice for five minutes to tell a story. Tells you prompted, and then you sit at a certain with a camera. And right right now it's at waist high, but it says don't point, just cap your finger. If you if you use, I use a lot of nonverbal, so just use certain things, and it copied me. And what I did was I first sent it out. People thought it was a two minute video, cause you had to have to script what you're going to say. Yeah. So I did use it. I scripted what I said, and it copied me. And then it does. Fifteen languages, That's and it does it Mandarin. So, what I used, I went and scripted it out. I went to good old GPT. I translated GPT yeah. to Mandarin, yep. and I said, and I sent it to my my staff in Asia.
1: That's awesome.
0: And they're like, "What in the world?" I mean, yeah, is it as authentic? Is it as animated? No, but it was very, very impactful. Totally. Like they're like, "You're picking this thing," and as well as one of our good friends, Keith Stryer, You know, we had a um, we had a fireside chat. And you know he's the AI guy, he's the, the NVIDIA guy, and I had to introduce him. So why not introduce a guy who's f- leading this field? And I I put my avatar on that's to awesome. a whole group of executives, that's awesome. and everybody thought it was me at first. Yep. Ninety percent of people like until I said, no, that's not me, that's my avatar. Yep. So that's where the, really the power it comes to be. the the power um, The power is 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 so it's getting there for the compute side. It's changing. It's changing overall. Um, and it's, as I said, for that side, it's like, what can we do? Create avatars. Yeah. Is it real? Is it an AI? Deep fake, right? The yeah. deep fakes. So really on that end is, as you, one thing I want also to talk you talked about is the scripting. is yeah. the architecting through a generative AI, through that process, for the marketing aspect of you have a prompt that you wanted to write this. Again, it could write, you know, readers, writer's block. Mm-hmm. You just prompt it, it and articulate and do this. But I, I do 100% agree because it, it could go off tangent because it's not you. Correct. It's not authentic. So Correct. how, so you guys basically run it, script it, and then re kind of rewrite it all that it's more authentic. Like you're writing or you do teach the model you're using to write more like you, if your vernacular, you got your language.
1: Yeah. So, so that's uh, in every, every opportunity that we get, we try to train the language model to speak uh, either as us or in the tone of voice of whoever it is that we're representing. Yeah. Um, and it's getting better and better with time, but it still does require that human element because you know, they're just even transitional words like going from this point of the conversation to that sometimes it'll sound a little too formal yeah. or read like an english term paper and not <laughs> conversational
0: which then people can spot sort of right away that that it wasn't you because um, i think at the gpt i was like i hope you are well or thanks for this you can see when you do these things everybody you know, catch on that this is type of the things that it does yeah if you don't prompt it to get rid of that everybody knows that you actually might you might have just told it you know write a response and that's it
1: i'm a pretty casual
0: communicator you know i know how to
1: uh craft things in a professional manner when that's what's required of me but for the most part i'm a marketer and being able to communicate something as simply as possible usually wins the day in a marketing campaign um and so uh as of yet the, the gpts and the language models aren't quite that same level of uh, casual conversation. Mm-hmm. So what we'll do before we train models specifically is we'll just prompt based on certain writing styles that we do like. So mm-hmm. we'll ask, say say the tool is ChatGPT. We'll ask the tool, hey, do you know Sam Parr or Tony Robbins or yeah. whatever? And as it kind of gives you a little synopsis of who they are, great. Okay, cool. Now let's talk about their tone of voice and you can kind of get it to where you need it. Uh, but I still do recommend always that last Human. final human edit or revision so that it is in your tone of voice um as far as the avatar models what we have found especially in representing celebrity clients is it's really been worthwhile because women especially but even men all of us uh you know there's days that we don't want to record something because we don't feel camera ready yeah. you know um, for women, it might be that their hair is not perfect or their makeup's not done right for you or I, it might be that we had too many IPAs the mm-hmm. night before and we just don't yeah. look our best. Um, but that's really sort of been a, an, a fun and awesome way to say, cool. You, hey, you don't even have to do that then. Just okay. These 20 different posts, uh, scripts, and then we'll plug it in for them. And then we get, again, it doesn't, they have a percent avatar
0: or creating a image or a photo of them that could be.
1: That's right. My friend, Billy Jean, he's a great marketer. He, he doesn't even show up uh, unless it's in person anymore. Now, everything he does is, is his avatar and you can't, some of them are so good. You can't tell it's not him. Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty incredible. The world that we're getting into is wild and crazy and, uh, uh, it's fun to be on this edge of it. Um, but I think the average American doesn't even quite really know. They hear the word AI, and they don't know what that means.
0: Well, they have AI. we know there's AI influencers generating revenue right now yeah. on social media. They're doing it. It's happening. It's already there. It's just hot. Where does it go? But don't, the one thing that I, in my aspect, is the creativity that comes out of, because for me, you know, I was never a software coder. I was never, I, I never even got, I mean, last four or five years, I've gotten into more software and understanding it. I was never, I was just a business guy, yeah. transaction-based sales guy. That's all I did but i think through the through going through this last i would say 5 year journey of talking to people and understanding how to solve a complex problem and it's all come down to what we are today is solving this complex problem is like wh- what is the experience they're looking for what is the problem they're trying to solve especially in my industry of supply chain or what happens to be which is not really sexy right but as well as the, the tools these learning models have helped me articulate things and ideas and be more creative than i've ever been it's not like it's doing the creativity for me it's helping yeah. me as a board yeah. to brainstorm right and be more creative, solve complex problems. And then we've we've solved some really complex issues within our data sets, our tech stack, with an algorithm that we couldn't figure out. I couldn't solve that equation. For example, just a simple, there was an equation we couldn't solve to connect two systems. And we're having it because it takes a lot of brain power, computer, and smart people, and actually we fed it the challenge we're having, and within an hour, we went deep into the prompting, and we solved it. And it was like, it was one of those aha moments that goes like, wow. Yeah. We figured it out. Yeah. We just connected this that we thought was never possible. But that's just for my simple of my business. Imagine where the science goes. Imagine where all of these things that you're using as power. So again, like we're just in, in the, into the, I would say the first year or two of this. It's, it's unbelievable where we're going and working within the machine. Yeah, um, but again, into the marketing aspect, it's extremely powerful because consistency is key on your end. Yeah, You have to keep going. So just saying, like, I don't feel good today. I don't want to post it because there's micro-influencers, micro-businesses, one or two-man show. These guys are very successful. Yep. How do they grill organization? How do they do this? Because you can't wake up 100% every day. But if you have a machine or someone, a partner, assistant that you've trained... Yep to help stand in when you need and help you to through those times, because you can only have so much energy during the day. It's going to allow you to. So even your business um, on your side is like, you just added multiple assistants.
1: Yeah, I agree. So, so if I could, I'll back up even farther, like 30,000 foot level from a marketing standpoint. um, Any advantage that you can get is helpful. So if if you have, uh, you know, uh, any sort of roadblocks or hiccups in creating content, uh, you know, a language model is going to help you. If you have just really any roadblock, the technology is going to help you get there a little bit quicker, but where you're going matters. And so, uh, here's a little marketing tip for everybody, right? So you can use ChatGPT and start asking it questions about, about your ideal client avatar. So, so what happens sometimes in marketing is especially in an, like a big organization, a corporate client, for example, um, they become an echo chamber because everybody in the rooms with them, they already know who they are and they kind of already uh, understand all aspects of their their business and their offering and they forget that their customer doesn't know all of those things. The customer is relatively ignorant of process, workflow, efficiencies, things, whatever it is that's in a business that makes them unique. They're always worried about what's in it for them. Just think of that always. When you're communicating to your client, if you're putting it out on social, whatever content you're trying to develop you have to think about what is in this for the person who's reading it, watching it, consuming it, listening to it, whatever that might be. Because if there's nothing in it for them, they're going to flip it off or they're just not going to engage with it. Um, And your stuff will get buried in algorithms and things like that. So you can take ChatGPT and say, hey, this is, you can define for it. Like, hey, this is what my business is. Here's what we think the problem we solve is. And then just ask it, you know, like, can you define my ideal client avatar? And it might sound great first, first iteration. Most likely it won't. And so you you can dive deeper and and work with that tool to develop your the ideal client avatar, what age and demographics mm-hmm. are they, and then take it a step further. Psychographics really matter. So it's not just where they live, it's how they live. Okay, what does this person do when they wake up? What are they afraid of? What are they running away from? What problem do I really solve? And when you really understand that, then you can start to answer the question, what's in it for them when they listen to and, and hear my content? So um that's going to help you develop an audience of people who really want to hear what you have to say because it relates back to them a person who does this better than anybody else online is the rock the rock if you look at his instagram right now dwayne johnson you know there's a lot of funny content on there it's all super engaging but about every other post he's is a he's speaking he's 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 pushing a product, yeah. you know, he's either pushing you towards his tequila or a movie or whatever it is that he's offering at the moment, but he does it in a way that you feel like you're coming along with the journey, right? He, you know, he wins an award, an award yeah. show. He goes live from his phone and he thanks the fans and he makes you feel like you're the person that helped make it happen. And so yeah. you kind of c- keep that, coming back for that because you feel like you're a part of it. And if you really truly understand who your customer is, you can position all of your content that way and you'll find yourself with the 40 or 50,000 people following you who actually buy your shit which is what matters yeah. than 500,000 people seeing you shake your booty on IG, you know?
0: I mean, you just brought something up I wasn't even thinking about is the psycho side, psychological side of uh, defining the characters and the data that the system can give you to look at your profiling. I, 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 profiling, the. I mean, it's, it's amazing that you can profile your demographic to what they feel and think, what they want. And give them that dopamine effect that they are authentic exactly right. and they hit it, and um, it's it's again the marketing is so it, it is a psychological experiment absolutely. And now with the tools that were at fingertips now, with these new compute and uh, AI tools, it's just going to make it. Intense. But again, there is people side. Oh, is this going to take start? You know, brainwashing people to some things? I mean, again, there's always the negative. Yeah. But the positive is is what it's going to be able to achieve and solve for a lot of business entrepreneurship. Yeah. How do, how many entrepreneurs it's going to develop entrepreneurship small silos of businesses because this this world is built off entrepreneur. The U S. Yep. The freedom we're built off entrepreneur. If we lose that. We're going to lose the win. Yeah. And that's what with innovation and process, and that's just creating that creativity and the intellectual curiosity to learn more and do more. And that's where I'm really deep into the systems. It's like, how much is going to be able to solve? How many yeah. more people of entrepreneurs, business people? I mean, everybody does want to have a business, but the problem is there it's just the ideas of creativity. Because that creativity, if you can't spare having creativity, if you're sitting at home alone, siloed, you have no one around you. Again, this world is some people, you know, and depending on the region you live in, where you live in the States, where you're North or South, there's differences. But having a tool that can help you really quantify yourself and expand yourself and um, and take that innovation, because there's a lot of inventors out there that invent an amazing product, but they're terrible salesperson. Absolutely. And that product never takes off. Yeah, all, and, almost
1: and, all of them actually, Rob, because people are, they're an expert in their field, but they're not expert marketers. And so sometimes just to your point, they might have the best gadget widget whatever it might be they might have the best customer service they might have the best recipes whatever it is so whether you're a restaurant or uh, you're a direct-to-consumer product or service if you can't tell people what problem you solve and then convert that person into a customer your business will fail it's just at the end of the day everything is sales right there's that old movie yeah. like hey, always be selling always be know? selling
0: always be selling. yeah and that that's what it is that, that's what brought me back to the point it's like all those inventions that get thrown out or someone steals someone else's idea because you know, that guy's, oh he's fattening fr- me, I can sell that. Now these guys have a tool that they can just prompt, hey, I have this gadget, solves this. How do I sell this? Who do I go to and demograph? And the tool can give them because the, before there was no book. There was just like, there was a manual, black and white book, <laughs> how to do marketing 101. Like, yeah. I don't know, you yeah. know, and engineers in general aren't the best communicators. About their problem. They believe in the problem. They don't know how to get it across, right? So I think that's another vertical that's going to really inspire innovation and entrepreneurship in the next decade.
1: I'm all for that. I think I told you at the the start here. To me, entrepreneurship is the closest thing to freedom in the world. Nobody wants to uh, just agree that someone else is their boss. That whole concept is just strange. You know, like if you're my boss, we just agree today that you get to tell me what to do. It's just a weird thing. And so, uh, being an entrepreneur, being able to put your unique value proposition out there to the world, it requires, you have to be brave. You have to be willing to put yourself out there. Um, and then you have to be willing to fall down and make mistakes. But, uh, these new tools and technology that are coming out, they shorten the runway. There's less of those mistakes, or you can learn a deeper lesson from them so you don't have to make as many before you finally flip the right switch, land on the right messaging in front of the right audience, and start to sell your products.
0: Yeah, especially, especially inspiring the new generation because the way we teach and learn education systems in this new dec- next decade is going to change for even schooling for kids. I think kids will be even smarter. I think kids will have be creative faster because they have access to some of these, these, these products. But again, that's a whole shift of how that's going to change because it's on the norm. Nobody yeah. likes change in yeah. that. Nobody likes to change, but it's that exponential growth that can happen through that. And it's the, I mean, that can, we can't live off. I mean, the new generation is the future. I believe Mr. Elon Musk does that himself, you know, (laughs) like you have to, you know, procreate, have more kids. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's, but it is, it is the future of doing that. And especially for the land of freedom that we live in and what we do. Well, very good. Well, thank you, Brian. Thank you for coming. I do. This is a great conversation. This is fun. This is for, I mean, I'm glad you come in and share your story, share what we've gone to and where we are today. I can't, you know, I can't wait till where we go. And now going to the holidays is the new year. The future is very bright. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you. And we're out.